welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is going to be a really fun podcast because you know why? It's a podcast about podcasting. And I am very excited to have James Carberry on the program today. And uh, boy, James is an expert in the field. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But let me say hi to our guest. James, how are you? I am wonderful, David. Really excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the show. And when you say you're excited to be here, where is here for you? Because I'm in sunny Northern California. Where are you coming in from? I I am in Orlando, Florida, right next to uh, the happiest place on earth. Uh, you know what? My family's big, big Disney fans. And every year when we decorate our holiday tree, Christmas tree, we've got a lot of Disney on the tree. And my girls are seasoned it. pass holders, and they are super yeah. excited for the new Star Wars land. So we'll be coming your way pretty soon. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely have to connect next time you guys are here. That'd be awesome. Well, I thought I would have an episode, a podcast about podcasts, as I said, because the podcast has been doing really, really well for me, for DemandGen, and I hope for all of you that are listening. I hope you're getting tremendous value from it. So I thought, because most of you are in marketing, especially B2B marketing, why not have an expert on the program who uh, is the founder of Sweetfish Media, by the way, and what Sweetfish Media does is they help B2B companies establish their podcasting strategy and um, help produce the episodes, and James will tell you more about that. But he, you know, he's written tons of content about podcasting and the benefits. So wanted to have him on the show so I could break it down for you on whether you should get into podcasting and what that might be like. So thank you again, James. Why don't we jump in? You know, we were having a conversation the other day about the impact of podcasting in B two B, and I just like to drop that on you and let you share your yeah. perspective. Yeah. So so I think when when a lot of marketers in particular think about the impact of podcasting they kind of default to thinking about reach and the number of people that they can get to listen to their podcast. And where that's certainly a benefit, I mean, that, that leads, you know, the more people you have listening to your show, the, you know, that, that thought leadership that, that comes with that is, is really nice. And, um, and we've certainly experienced that to a certain extent, not that our podcast is, is anything crazy, but, uh, but we're, we're getting, you know, much more downloads today than we were two years ago when we started, and we're seeing the benefits there. But what I what I see where I see a lot of marketers missing the mark when when they're coming up with their podcast strategy is not thinking about the strategic relationship between your brand and each guest that you feature on the show. And so the way that I like to talk about it, David, you know, audience for the, for the most part, you can't control the size of your audience. You know, for us. Uh, we were very fortunate to rank for the term B2B. And so now iTunes, anytime someone searches B2B, we're one of the first or second shows that pop up in iTunes for, for our show. That was what attributed to a lot of our audience growth. But you can't really control that. You can do certain things. You can headline your episodes in a certain way. Us putting out you know, a daily show certainly helps. But what you can control uh, are the level of guests that you bring onto your show. And yep. so our strategy from the, from the very start has been, you know, being very selective about choosing, you know, 
prospective customers, folks that I think would be a perfect fit for our service, for our podcasting service. And because we branded the show around those buyers, B2B marketers, uh, you know, B2B agency CEOs, folks that I know would buy our thing, um, and I branded it around their expertise instead of my own, our podcast isn't, isn't about podcasting, which is my expertise. It's about them. So it positions me to go out and say, hey, you're an expert in B2B marketing. Uh, would you want to be a guest on our show? And they're obviously flattered, and and they say yes to being on the show, and that allows me to build a genuine one-to-one relationship with that guest. And uh, we just we've closed an enormous amount of business through those relationships. Um, so we've also closed business with folks that listen to the show. But I think uh, I think people completely ignore the fact that there's business to be had uh, if you strategically select the right guest to be on your show because you're going to be creating great content with them while simultaneously being able to you know, possibly do business with that, with that person, with that audience of one, if you will. Um, and so that's, that's the biggest thing that I see, and the, the mistake that I see marketers making whenever they're developing their podcast strategy is not taking that into account. So that's probably mind-blowing for some people because I bet the people listening in fall into a couple different segments, but let's just do two segments. Um, those of you listening right now that work at B2B companies, larger companies, are maybe listening to this podcast because you're thinking, should we start doing a podcast as a new channel in marketing and reach a large audience um, with uh, great content? And then maybe the light bulb just went on for a couple of you or some of you that are either individual practitioners or very small companies going, so what James is saying is that I can have an audience of one, as in the guest on the program, and build rapport and trust with that person and develop a relationship and ideally even a client relationship. And I think it's genius, James, that you know that's a technique that, that you have found helping to grow your own business. But so many consultants out there, so many individual or small private practice, uh, you know, it's tax time and I'm working with our uh, accountants to file demand gens taxes and, you know, they're a small, smaller firm and maybe, you know, if they had a podcast where they brought various different financial people on there, it might be a way to grow their business as you're pointing out. When I, when I came up with a program, I, my whole strategy was to educate people. I wanted to make Demand Gen Radio, like the opening has, about teaching people about the latest marketing technology tools, um, hear from the practitioners, you know, our clients and non-clients about what they're doing with these systems, and also thought leaders and experts like yourself who have something to share, something great to share to, to folks. So, you know, you, you sound like you've been building your audience uh, over time. Sounds like you have a great following now. I know you've got a lot of listeners. You know, when I, when I did the podcast, I'm going to be very transparent to everybody. I didn't have a freaking clue what I was doing. Like, I had no idea, <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. is not always a comfort zone for me. But I knew <laughs> that I had a lot I wanted to share. And normally sharing that was presentations. And putting together slides or writing books, and I'm working on you know new books for this year as well. But I embraced the podcast format because I thought what a great channel and vehicle for not having to create written content and visual content and just use my guest as the content to get to the audience. But I didn't know what kind of microphone to buy, didn't know what kind of software to get, found out that really you know there's lots of different ways to go there. You almost can't go wrong. Uh, but it was more about what platform do you pick and how do you do uh, content strategy and how do you get guests on the program and all the production. So 
you know, how did you figure out that B2B companies were going to need help with this? What was, what was that? Like? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's a great question. So when, when we, when we first started our business, we were really just a, a content writing shop. And so I had a team of uh, a team of, you know, handful of writers and we were working with you know, smaller, some mid-sized companies, uh, and we were writing blog, blog content for them. We weren't doing podcasts at that point. And there was one particular customer that we had uh, that just our team loved working with them. I loved working with them. And I thought, man, what if we niched into just serving this type of client? I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, kind of the riches uh, are in the niches kind of concept and honing in on who you serve and when you become the go-to person uh, of serving this audience uh, with your particular service, and it's just much easier to get traction. And so I started thinking, okay, well, how can I get more customers that look like this customer? And I had done a podcast in the past, and, and just kind of flippantly, I thought, well, it wasn't that hard to get people to agree to being on my last podcast. Um, you know, it was a show called Inspiring Awesome, and, and we just interviewed really you know great people that were doing cool things in the world. And, yep. And I thought, well, if I if I did a podcast in this particular niche, um, that was all about you know this this type of buyer that I'm trying to attract, and uh, and if and if I did a podcast centric around that persona, well, it would make sense for me to reach out to you know the the decision makers at those organizations to to be a guest on the show to talk about you know the challenges where they've seen success because I'm I'm not in that space so I'm not obviously qualified to to talk about that but they are and so that started really the first podcast that uh that really born the the strategy that we deploy now every single day for for ourselves and for our clients the the problem with that was uh the type of buyers that i was reaching out to simply didn't have budget for content marketing um you know it's it's a particular type of nonprofit, and there was you know the the client that i was currently working with had a little bit of, they were a bit of an outlier. They had some funding that, that most nonprofits like them don't have access to. And so, um, you know, started the show, did about 45 interviews, mm-hmm. talked to a lot of my ideal buyers and what I thought was my ideal buyer before realizing, and none of these folks have money. <laughs> um, they're not going to be able to pay us for, for this service. But it was on a flight from San Diego, actually, where coming back to Orlando and uh, and just had this epiphany of, Oh my gosh, the, the, my ability to create a relationship with those 45 ideal buyers in a very short amount of time uh, was really fascinating to me. And I think that's what, uh, you know, so many companies have a, have a hard time with, you know, they're, they're blasting cold emails and, and cold calls and they're trying to get their buyers to engage with them. Uh, and they're just having a tough time because people don't want to be sold to, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to, Kind of set yourself apart from the noise, particularly when you're leading with, hey, I want to sell you something. Uh, but when you flip that and you say, hey, I want to collaborate on some content with you, um, it doesn't have to be a podcast. Obviously, you can do a webinar with them. You can, you can do blog content with them. But, but I found that asking someone to be a guest on a podcast was just really, really effective. And, uh, and so I thought, you know, there was, there was a lot of uh, pain in figuring out the logistics of doing this podcast. And so if I could build a service around taking all of that away, yeah. um, we could probably go to market with it and, and get some traction. And so that's what we did. And about, uh, about two months later, we completely repositioned our company and went from a blog writing service to a podcast production agency specifically for B2B companies, uh, really deploying this strategy of saying, hey, we're going to build the brand of your show around your ideal buyer. 
and uh, and then go ask those ideal buyers to be a guest on it because they're the ones qualified to uh, to be in the guest seat. And so uh, that's that's what we did. And and uh, you know one of our, one of our clients um, you know recently it's a story that I love to tell. They're a character development curriculum and they sell to high school athletic directors and high school coaches. Yeah. And uh, and and so branded a show called Coach 360 for them, really positioning their ideal buyers as uh, the perfect guest for the podcast. And within the first nine months of their show, they've done $120,000 in revenue. And this is, this is a brand new business. And so, you know, a lot of folks listening to this, you know, they, they might be doing, you know, you know, one single deal size that's larger than $120,000. But this particular uh, client, you know, that's, that's dozens of deals for them um, and that they've been able to create by strategically getting their ideal buyers to sit in the guest seat of their podcast and then develop a relationship and, and ultimately end up, you know, having them buy their character curriculum from them. And so uh, it's, it's incredibly effective from a biz dev perspective. You know, we've, we've done that with our own show. We've done you know, well over $170,000 in revenue um, in the last you know, 18 months from, from directly from the guests that we've had on our podcast. And so I've seen it work uh, not just for us, but, but for clients and, and very, very passionate about kind of advocating for, for that use case of podcasts. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on your entrepreneurial spirit and figuring out a, a pain point. Um, I want to I want to hit a few more things, especially for folks listening in. You know, I love it when you come up to me, and it's been happening a lot more lately. And you tell me where you listen to the podcast. I remember Jim Hine was telling me that he does uh, listen to the podcast when he's driving, and I believe on bike rides. And I'm like, okay, note yeah. note to self, that's where people listen. Uh, Cynthia Berger yeah. was telling me that she listens to the podcast when she's at the gym. She goes, I have you in my head, Dave, uh, which is awesome. And um, I heard uh, Maritza talk about where she listens to the podcast, and a bunch of folks are you know, commutes out and about. The reason I bring it up is when I first did the podcast and I always announce that the episodes are available during the business day, I am learning how many people use and listen to podcasts not during their business day, right? They've got they've got yeah. a business to run or a job uh, to perform and so they listen outside that. And I think it's, you know, just wanted to make that note. The other thing for me was, yeah. like I said, the technology, like the, you know, what should I buy? What kind of microphone should I get? What software should I use? What podcasting platform should I get connected to? And for the very first year, I wish I had met you, James, because I would have, um, you know, hired you to get me off the ground. I worked with another uh, group, and you know, they were good, but they had a different format. And it turned out that over mm -hmm. a year, I didn't want to do the format anymore. And for those of you who listened to the earlier podcast, you've heard the change. I used to have a commercial mm -hmm. in the middle. So James and I have been talking now for about, let's call it 14 minutes. Well, a couple minutes ago, I needed to insert a commercial because that was their format, and I needed to restrict it to a certain length. That didn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted the freedom to have a podcast be 10 minutes if that's what it needed to be, or even go 40 minutes if that's what it um, needed to do, and not have to kind of force a break in the middle. So I killed the commercials and just um, you know do it more organically that you know you and I will start and stop wherever we need to. So there's some tips, folks, that if you're going to get into this, um, of course, there's folks like James to guide you on the path. But think about your format and don't even stick to it. If it doesn't work or you just want to iterate yeah. and improvement, just evolve. I'll share you a couple more things, James. And then I'd like you know your feedback on some of the things I'm doing and, and not doing so folks can hear. Um, guess. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, I'm by day, I run DemandGen. And I'm the CEO of the company. 
We're seventy person organization, you know, working with you know close to a hundred clients a year. Got a lot going on. So how can I possibly running the company find time to do a podcast? Well, you know what? Everybody's got ten to twenty five minutes in their day to have a conversation, record it, and put it live. So please don't use that excuse, no matter who you are, about whether you have time to do the podcast. The trick for me yeah. was having. Justin, he's listening to this right now as he's editing it, but having Justin um, team up with me so that he could book the guests, handle all the logistics of it, and do all the post-production work. So I'll literally give him this file. He's in our marketing team, and he will take the file, add the music in the front, add the music in the back, the intro and extra, as they call it, as I've learned, and put that up. And he's our podcast administrator among his other duties. So, you know, that's that's how I went went to market, uh, not initially, but he and I teamed up since the beginning of the year. And guess what, James? We started doubling the amount of podcasts that we were doing. We were doing twice a month before, and we've gone to every single week. And I couldn't do it without Justin. Uh, and, you know, yeah. he just provides all the coordination and logistics. So that's been great. He even developed a target list. Yeah. We talked about who we want to have on the program. And he developed a target list, and we work on that together and continue to invite people. So those are some of the things I'm doing. I want to get your comments, thoughts, um, not only yeah. for the people listening in, but maybe to myself. Any advice you have? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's specifically how we've designed our service as well, to take care of those administrative tasks that are just really arduous, and, and you don't want to think about guest outreach and going back and forth to land on a topic. and. And, and doing all of those sorts of things. So that's exactly what, you know, what we do for, for our clients as well. It sounds like uh, what Justin is doing for you. The one thing that I would add to that, uh, that you could probably supplement and really amplify the reach of what you're, what you're doing, David, is something that we're seeing a, a tremendous amount of traction with right now is in the repurposing of the audio content into written content on LinkedIn, specifically mm-hmm. short form status updates um, that are then run through uh, what I call LinkedIn engagement links. Uh, some people call them pods, some people call them other things, but I just refer to them as engagement groups. And, and we've put together three or four of these groups with like-minded folks. There are 12 to 15 folks in the B2B sales and marketing space. And, uh, and every time I post something on LinkedIn, so if we have a podcast interview that I really you know, think that folks are going to get a lot of value from, I'll have a writing team turn that into a really valuable piece of written content, not just a piece that says, hey, we're, you know, we just had a great conversation, you know, check it out to learn the three ways you can grow your business. Um, not just teasing it, but actually putting in, hey, this is what I learned from David on, you know, on this, this particular episode or this interview. And by doing that, uh, you're, you're not forcing people to click away from LinkedIn to, to get the value of the content. They're seeing like, oh man, this is really valuable. And they're going to end up clicking that link in the first comment um, to, to go and, and subscribe to your show in iTunes because even if they didn't listen to that particular episode, they know that it's valuable content because you repurposed it into written content that they can, that they can see instantly without having to go and listen first. Because like you said, most people don't listen to podcasts during the business day. They're busy at work. They're listening to it on their way to work, on their way home from work, while they're doing dishes, while they're at the gym. Uh, and so I, I think repurposing on LinkedIn right now, particularly for, for B2B folks, um, there's just tremendous white space there. I mean, one of our one of our clients is we're doing a daily show for them, and uh, so we're putting up you know written content for them on LinkedIn every single day, 
and you know over 800,000 views in the first 60 days of their show and it was all organic that wasn't a dime of of ad spend to to get that those 800,000 impressions i think of that of of those impressions i think it got over over 800 comments on on those posts and so this is content that people are really engaging with and the difficult part with podcasting is it's a one way it's a one way communication tool so we're pushing out this interview right now to your listeners david but it's hard for them to engage with it so when you turn it into LinkedIn written content, it's much more easy to then engage with anybody that leaves a comment. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, one thing that I think, uh, I don't know if Justin you know, is, a, is a writer, if that's a skill that's in his tool belt, but I think that um, you know, if you've got a writer on your team, you could say, hey, here's this interview, go and take the three to five you know, key takeaways from this. Let's turn it into a 1300 character LinkedIn status update and, uh, and publish it and then distribute it. Through, uh, through some engagement groups, I think you'd get a tremendous amount of traction there. Yeah, that's good. Good feedback. One thing I'm gonna I'm gonna call out right now because the listeners are experiencing it. So your audio quality isn't that great. I think because I had to call you today on your mobile. So pro and con. Pro is you can do a podcast yeah. anywhere, anytime, which is great. But as I hear in my ears, whenever maybe the microphone's just not ideal for James. And those of you listening in, you notice that, right? So do do really, whenever you can, make sure that your guests are in a place where it's obviously noise-free and they've got a really good connection. I'm, you know, James and I are, are, are running like crazy these days, so we just decided to keep this schedule even though it conflicted with what we originally had planned. So that's a good tip. Another, another thing for me um, that you touched on is we get a transcript. So we turn the podcast over to our writers for a particular podcast, and they will transcribe it. There's a transcription service we can actually use. And then they take it, instead of making it literal, they will, you know, encapsulate the high points and, and we'll put that up on our blog. So it is some good reusable yeah. content. So a couple things you guys are yeah. hearing, just to recap, um, easy, approachable channel to get into, um, not that expensive from an infrastructure uh, perspective. You've got James, who I uh, I called you the other day, the podcast concierge, right? So got guys okay. like you and your team to make it all possible and help with everything from booking uh, to writing. And, uh, you know, you you made the point earlier is, you know, we're not we're not the hero of the podcast. The listeners are the hero, and it's got to be content for you guys, which is why I wanted to do something that really um, broke down putting a podcast together. Uh, the strategy of the podcast, I think, was, you know, for those of us that work in organizations where you're so used to talking about your products and your features, kind of the old school style of product marketing, um, you're certainly going to yeah. want to produce podcasts that aren't necessarily about your products and services and more about something of value to the audience. And so consider that. What else are we not thinking of in terms of best practices that folks that are thinking, hmm, is it time to get into podcasting they should be thinking about? Yeah, um, I, I think I, I see a lot of people that get tripped up over not having you know the right equipment or overthinking their equipment. And I just don't think it is something that uh, you know, at the end of the day, obviously, you know, it, it helps to, to have you know, exceptional audio quality, but I am not an audiophile myself. Like I, I don't nerd out on, on the audio nature of it, and most of your listeners don't either. So so long as you know it's not glaringly bad audio, uh, just don't let that trip you up from, from getting started. Because I think uh, one, you know, if, if, if unless you have this enormous email list. 
your first few episodes aren't going to be listened to by a lot of people anyway, just because you're just getting started. Um, and, and so I see so many people just fail to get started because they, uh, they, they get bogged down in all of the, all of the details. Um, and so we've, we've got a resource on our site. If you go to sleepfishmedia.com slash how to start a podcast with dashes in between each of those words, um, there's a, there's a blog post there that walks through kind of our 26 step process for, launching a podcast you can just go through that step by step we've got resources on there the, the exact step-by-step process for getting shows uploaded into itunes and stitcher and google play and all of those different platforms and um, i just i really think that that every b2b company should should be in this space i think it's the new way that people are consuming content because um, it's it's such a passive way to consume it uh, but it's also just a, a really fun way to create content and to build strategic relationships with your buyers by bringing them into the content creation process with you. For sure. And, I, you know, um, in terms of why now, you know, podcast is on the rise, absolutely on the rise. It's a new channel, one you can explore and here you can get into cost effectively. It's going to be less novel tomorrow and even less novel a week from now and even less than that, right, a year from now. So, don't wait. You know, give it a try. Uh, reach out to James and his team at Sweetfish Media if you'd like. Certainly reach out to me. I am, as you all know, very approachable in terms of willing to share information and such. I'll post this on LinkedIn so people can put comments and follow that best practice recommendation. But all of you, I think, know how to reach me. Um, and I, and I highly, you know, highly suggest it. It's a good format. I am a bit OCD on audio, James, and I'm glad you called that out because I was a DJ in college and I love music, so mm. I can hear like the hum of lights, you know, and that will that will <laughs> that will bother me um, if there's any kind of yeah. hum in the system. So I really pick up on it, but I think you bring a good point because it's the same point that you can make about videos or vlogging these days. Remember the days when we spent ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollars on a corporate video, right? I could make a video this afternoon and put it up on the website uh, using either my cell phone or uh, the camera, which I use for vlogging. So, and and they're highly engaging. So, the YouTube generation and YouTubers have shown us that you can produce videos of all different quality, and it's it's the content, right? It's like a video game. What makes a a video game good is its playability, not always the UI. What makes a video good or a podcast good? It's the content, not necessarily all the other things that we might obsess about. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, James, thanks for jumping on the program. I just, you know, I thought it'd be cool to do a podcast on podcasting. A lot of people have asked me lately what got me into it and what does it take to get into it. And knowing you, I'm like, let's let's bring on the guy. So check it out, folks. Sweetfish Media. Um, if you all know of other technology or tools that you think should we should feature on Demand Gen Radio, definitely call my attention to them. We always feature our partners of the Demand Gen Alliance um, because we're big fans of their tools and our clients use their technology. But there's lots of stuff out there and lots of people who do things that I don't always know about. So I'm always looking for um, ideas and suggestions from you. So let me know. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. James, uh, say hi to Mickey when you see him next out there <laughs> at the happiest place on earth. I will. I have a funny story to tell you sometime about Disneyland when we go off air, but I'll save that for another time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, David, for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet, James. Take care. And for all of you tuning in, thanks so much for listening to Demand Gen Radio. I'm going to have another episode for you next week. So don't forget to subscribe, and that way you'll get alerted every time one comes out. And as I've mentioned before, we are on YouTube. We are on uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes. Just, hey, if you can search for B2B and get James, uh, you can search for Demand Gen and find us. So thanks, everybody. Have a great day. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 